Welcome back, podcast. I hope all of you are doing well. I appreciate you being here with us for another episode. My name is Jasmine Wonders, and I'm joined by RJ Rome, as always. We're so grateful for all of you that joined us in 2020, and we hope that that continues in 2021 as we have many more guests to come. But before I jump into the episode, if you don't mind, subscribe so you're notified when these episodes come out. And if you can, write us a review. Now, let's get to the episode. All right, so today we have Melissa Fry. Welcome to the podcast. How are you? Thank you so much. I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. So you want to do a little introduction? Tell us what, you've, what, you've, what you're up to lately? Sure. Yeah, so um, I am Melissa Fry, and sometimes people, my name doesn't look like it's spelled that way, but that's how it's pronounced. <laughs> and um, so uh, I am an indie author, and I have two fiction books out and one nonfiction book. And um, my publishing journey started back in 2018 with my first fiction book. And I just fell in love with indie authors and self-publishing. And um, I learned a lot in the publishing of my books and the writing of my books. So um, I started Indie Author Learning to help other indie authors through that process because I realized as I was going, I just... I needed help and I didn't really know where to go other than just random YouTube videos. So um, that's just something I product I've been working on. Um, And then also along the way, I am a book editor as well. So just um, get to use all sides of my personality, I guess, (laughs) in all those, those three things. That's awesome. How do you balance between doing all these different things? Um, Well, it's, it's been a struggle trying to find a balance. Um, I am getting better at it. I've gotten some things in place since the beginning of the year to try to help me balance all that out. But in the past, it's been in spurts. So when I'm editing a book, that's really like all I do. And then when I write, that's all I do. And then, um, you know, when I'm working on the business, that's kind of interspersed in between, but it's, it's, blessing to be so focused, but it's also a challenge sometimes because then things don't always get done. Like I would go months without writing and I would really start to feel that because that's my first love. That's what I enjoy doing. And I would kind of feel that in my soul. That's like, Hey, you got to get back to writing. (laughs) Right. Um, I've been there. (laughs) Yeah. Because I neglected it for other things. So time management is a big issue. I hear from a lot of other authors. Is there a piece of advice besides just how you're doing it with taking, you know, each day by stride? Is there some piece of advice that could help people with time management? Yeah. And it's funny because of course I'm not the expert at all, but um, what I'm trying to do, um, I have a, a coach right now that I'm working with and she suggested that I put my writing first um, every day and just write for a certain amount of time. Like for me, it's, I struggle being on a time limit. Like I can't just write for an hour that feels very restrictive. So for me, it's like, I'm going to write first. And then when I'm done with, you know, just kind of 
being aware of the fact that I'm done and I know I have other things to do, then I can lean into the other things I need to do that day instead of just binge writing, I guess, and clearing my schedule for weeks just to write. Um, even though I want to do that, then the other parts of my life get neglected. So it's mm-hmm. almost giving yourself permission to do what brings you joy first and then filling in all that those other things that I'm finding bring me more joy when I do that, when I do the writing first, because I'm coming from that place of, of joy and abundance and um, creativity that I then carry throughout my day. And it makes those other things easier. How did you first get into writing? Where did that start for you? Well, I, um, I've always been a reader. Um, growing up, I devoured every book I could get my hand on. Um, and I read a lot. Um, I read a lot of like older books. <laughs> so I read adult books when I was in middle school and, um, it was just a lot. I, I just, I think I got beyond, you know, the, the small middle school books, <laughs> like the hundred page books. And I just kept reading bigger and bigger books. And then people would be like super impressed that I was, I was like, come on guys, it's not that big of a deal. But um, <laughs> so I just read so much growing up. It was a form of escape. It was um, something I enjoyed. And um, in, I, I was always kind of like in creative writing, like throughout school. I remember there was a time in like first or second grade where I wrote like this big complicated storyline and all these different things. And I tried to put art with it, which was a mistake because it's not my calling, but um, (laughs) there was a lot of um, just, it kind of started that. And then in high school, I wrote um, what could be considered a novella. I wrote it by hand and um, which I still have. And I went back and read through last year and I was surprised at like, I mean, obviously there's lots of cringy things, but But I was surprised at like the basics, that the basics were there. So, um, and then I, I went probably six, eight years and didn't write after that. Um, and then I was at a point in my life where I just had some, a lot of um, alone time. And I was like, I'm going to write a book. I'm going to do it. And uh, so I, because I had always wanted to, kind of in the back of my head, not a conscious thing, but always kind of like an unconscious. And once it kind of popped in my head, I'm like, oh yeah, I've always wanted to do that. So I started writing and um, 10 years later, I had a published book. <laughs> Did it frustrate you at all that it took 10 years? Because I'm, I'm very impatient when I write. Like I, I want to get the idea, get it you know, down and be done in like two weeks. <laughs> so for me, I feel like I'd be very frustrated. Yes, it, um, it was a very frustrating process, but it was needed because – when I first started writing, it was in 08 and um, I wrote a, a single page and I had like the idea in my head, but I'm, I'm a complete pantser. So I'm like, I tried to outline and the book is so far off what the outline was originally that I'm like, yeah, I'm, okay, a, I'm, not- I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> it was just, yeah, I was like, when I look back at that outline now, I'm like, what was I thinking? But anyway, <laughs> um, so I wrote a page and it just was not coming to me. I couldn't figure it out. I didn't know what was going on. I, I just could not make it work. And then about um, nine months later, I read um, the Twilight series, which I know is controversial sometimes, but it really helped me get my head in the writing space and wanted me to get back to my own writing. So I um, was able to lean into that and 
I actually had a dream right after I'd read it about my characters having superpowers, which I had originally not had in the book. And I was like, oh, that's what I'm missing. And so oh. I started writing the book from there. Um, and it took me about a couple months to complete the first draft at that point. Um, but then it took me like eight years to edit. So, Oh my goodness. <laughs> and, and when I say eight years, there were full years that I did not work on it. Um, I went through a divorce and got remarried during that time. I moved overseas and back. So it was a lot of, uh, there was a lot of life things going on that, um, that took my attention, but right. it was still, um, it was still a process because I, I had not developed the skills I needed to be able to publish that book. Um, I hadn't developed a network that I, that I needed. And it, my mindset was not at the, at that point. And it just mindset is so important to be able to um, achieve those goals. For and sure. I, thought I wanted to be traditionally published and it took me a while to admit that no self-publishing is, is the route for me. Right. So, yeah. I think a lot of people feel that way now it's become mm -hmm. such a big industry. For sure. So speaking of self-publishing, I wanted to talk to you about editing. Okay. I watched a couple of your videos and you said you still need an editor, but you have a book um, about how to self-edit. Could you explain the process behind that self-editing? Yes. Um, so for me, the process of self-editing is extensive because I am a pantser. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just kind of, as I'm writing the first draft, I figure out all the different things that um, happen in the plot as they're happening. So by the time I get to the end, sometimes I've taken a lot of detours. And so I had to develop a self-editing process that worked for me, but also didn't take eight years. <laughs> so, right. um, so I discovered that there were several drafts that I went through in that process. And that was kind of the book I wrote about it, just walking people through those drafts and um, what kinds of things you're looking for in each draft. And then um, figuring out kind of where to go from there. Like, how do you know when it's done? How do you know? Um, how do you how can you say, okay, this isn't perfect, but it is done, <laughs> you know, because you always like, especially me, I have that, like, I don't know if it's left or right. I think it's left brain where it's very like detailed and I'm like, okay, I, I can't miss any typos. I can't. And I, I struggle with perfectionism. And so it can be difficult to just say, okay, it's done. But, um, but you also don't want to quit too early either. So it's just a matter of finding that balance and working through the different drafts you need to. So you're looking for specific things instead of trying to do it all at once and saying, okay, right. I write the book and then I do one edit and then I'm done. Or even worse, I know some authors don't edit self-edit at all. So mm -hmm. it's I feel like it's a, an area. And two, being an editor, I've seen kind of both sides of it. And you can tell when a book has seen an editor and when it when it hasn't um, or had been self-edited. And it really affects the story because the editor is trying to scramble in the background, <laughs> trying to figure out what you were saying, what you were talking right. about, what even word this is, because you know, you haven't looked it over yourself. So um, I, I find that self-editing is a, is a really important tool to help make the book the best it can be. Did you kind of experience any self-doubt when going through this, like whether it was building your business or writing the books? 
Uh, yes, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> like all the time. Yes. Um, yeah, it's it's a it's a funny thing because as writers, we tend to be very introspective and we're in our heads a lot and we mm-hmm. are very imaginative and creative. But the flip side of that can be um, imposter syndrome and um, feeling not good enough and perfectionism because we don't want to put something out into the world that we don't feel is our very best work or even just fear of being seen. That's a big one I struggle with too. It's, it, you don't, you want to be seen, but on the other side, it, it feels very scary. And right. um, so it's, it's, it's kind of, it's always about balance and that's what I'm learning. It's, you're going to have the self doubt. There are ways you can work on it and there are uh, mantras to say, and I'm a big fan of meditation as well. But you you have to work on the self-doubt aspect, but you also have to know that's going to be there. So you need to take those steps and push through the fear and do it anyway. Because if you don't, you're just going to be stuck in this loop of never putting yourself out there, never writing or never putting your work out there if you do write it. And then you're going to miss out on your dreams and all the things that you want to do with your life and words that ultimately need to be out in the world. Because I believe that you would not have been given the story that you were given to tell. You would not feel a reason to write it if you weren't meant to share it. And sometimes that just means to share it with, you know, an immediate family member. I'm not saying everyone has to publish, but if it, if it's in your heart to publish, then that's meant to happen. And you just need to kind of allow yourself um, permission to, to do that. I I love your theory on that because for a long time, I couldn't get past the fear. And that's I write under a pen name, obviously. Um, and that has, I think, it, it's become almost another persona of myself where it's easier mm-hmm. to jump into the fire, because it's, it's not really me. It's like my alter ego kind of thing. So yeah. it, it's definitely interesting. Yeah, the limits I put on my personal versus my author life. That's true. It I can, yeah, I can totally see that. It, it's very difficult to put your name out there, to put yourself out there. Um, I, you know, I've heard the theory that you can tell more about a writer when you read their book than mm-hmm. you would ever meeting them in person. And so there's a level of vulnerability there that's intensely terrifying sometimes. It is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and definitely. hitting publish is even more terrifying. <laughs> exactly. <But>. Yes. <laughs> Where did you get the confidence to kind of just take that leap? Well, um, I don't know that I have the confidence. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I think it's more, um, like I said, you just have to admit that it's not going to be perfect. It can change. Even though it's a published book, yes, you may have someone that um, bought the very first copy of your book. And there might be a few typos that you catch in a later you know, re-release or something, but you have to get it out there and you have Mm. to release that part of yourself so you can open yourself up for new things. Because if I would never release the first book, I would have never written the second book. And the second, because I'm I'm working on a series and the second book was just so much more fun and I could do so much more with the characters. And now I'm in the middle of writing the third book and that's just expanded even further. And of course I, 
I write like super big casts and <laughs> like really like lots of storylines and tight stuff. So there's so much more I can do with characters and building out the world and, and adding in more characters and which is part of why it takes me so long to, <laughs> to draft and to edit because there's so right. much going on. But if you don't do that initial, if you don't start, then you can't actually keep going. So yeah, that was part of and part of why when I first released my book, I had kind of done the cover myself, which I don't recommend unless you are really familiar with book covers <laughs> or can or have a talent for it. Um, but I was not a person that should have done their own book cover, but I released it with that cover. And then a year later, I hired a cover designer and I kind of did a re-release and I fixed some typos that I had found. Um, I added a an excerpt from the second book at the end, which I had always wanted to do um, because that was at the point where I could. And so it was kind of for me, the whole, Hey, I released this book. This is where, where it started. But now I have the opportunity to make it even better, reach a whole new group of readers and, and then ultimately make the covers match the rest of the series too. But um, it was just a, an interesting experience for me to go through that re-release to admit that, Hey, it wasn't perfect the first time I can make it a little better, but it's still right. not ever going to be perfect. And that's the benefit to self-publishing. You can right. recreate yourself over and over. Exactly. Did you have like the support of like your family and friends with this process? Yeah, I would say I did. Um, my husband is like the most supportive ever. <laughs> he, um, he formats my books for me, which is just, a bit a huge load off of my shoulders. Um, but he also is my unofficial sounding board. And a lot of times he's just like, I don't know what you're talking about because <laughs> I'm talking about my characters or something that happened or I'll be like, Oh, I just figured out where I'm going with this. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about, but I'm glad. <laughs> uh, so it's, it's been, a, it's been really good to have his support because he helps me like think about marketing things. He does my website, the background in my website and that kind of stuff. Um, he's really good with all of that kind of technical stuff. And if I don't know what a DNS server is, I can just be like, Hey babe, help me out here. <laughs> and so, um, there's a lot that I get from him, not to mention just the moral support. Um, and my family, my first book, you know, we had a, and my second book released in 2020. So there wasn't any in-person book launch, but my first book in 2018, um, we had an in-person book launch and my family showed up and um, a lot of people from work and, you know, I did a book signing. So that was really fun. So my family's been really supportive. Um, my dad actually read the first draft of my first book as I was writing it. Um, so that was, that was kind of a fun thing to, so I can get that like immediate feedback. Like I'd send them a chapter at a time. So um, but yeah, and I, I acknowledge that that's a huge benefit because I know not everyone gets that. <laughs> and I also am a little concerned because my writing is going slightly different direction. So mm. I'm, I tend to be a little concerned that some members of my family not, may not appreciate that as much. Um, mm. but ultimately I have to write what's true to me. And I think, like I said, once I start and I release books, I evolve and I grow and I, that's another level of vulnerability where now I have work out there, but now I have to start stepping into the things that I actually want to say as, right. um, as a woman, as 
you know, just everything in my life and who I'm becoming and, and the things that I care about now where they weren't as important to me maybe a few years ago. So I think it's important to keep that level of vulnerability, even though it's so, so hard. <laughs> well, life definitely impacts what we write. So mm-hmm. sure. that's important. Yeah. All right. So I have a question that's probably going to make you cringe because no editor wants to hear this. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I publish. I do not have an editor. I self-edit and I use Grammarly. So in your opinion, is there something that someone could use or that does just as good of a job as an in-person editor would do for somebody who can't afford an actual editor? So. (laughs) (laughs) I hear the cringe. (laughs) Well, okay. So you're probably going to be surprised by my answer. So I, I have like two different opinions on this. On one hand, there are books that definitely need an editor. Like mm-hmm. there are like if you do not have a certain skill set, if you're not like a grammar person, um, you know, that kind of thing, it it can be a struggle to release a professional looking book um, right. without an editor. So and that being said, every book would benefit from an editor. I'm a firm believer in that. However, I have released two books and have not used an outside editor, which is terrible, <laughs> I know, for an editor to say, but I also have struggled being able to afford that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't want that to let me, to hold me back. So exactly, that was kind of why I created the self-editing like ebook and like it's a bundle and stuff that goes along with it because right. I know that it's it's a struggle for people to afford editors because I do book editing and I know it's expensive, (laughs) you know, I know it's, I know what it costs, but I also have seen books that I'm just like, this would be such a great book if they just had an editor, (laughs) you know? So it's, it's one of those, it depends on your skill set. Um, I don't, I'm not one of those people like I'm going to, you know, hate on a book like, Oh, this is the worst book ever because they didn't have an editor. I can't believe they didn't do that. Like, no, like I can, I can appreciate that there's a lot of authors that cannot afford an editor because I've been there, you know? Right. So um, I think it's just a matter of, I think Grammarly and I think also Pro Writing, to, Pro Writing Aid, I believe it is, um, can be helpful tools, but obviously they don't replace an editor, but they can help. So I, um, yeah, that's, it, it's a hard, it's a hard balance to, mm-hmm. <laughs> to realize because it's, you know, you, every book, yes, ideally would have an editor in that, that can definitely help. Um, but also it, it's just a hard financial thing sometimes. So. Right. And I, I watched one of your YouTube videos and you mentioned writing spurts and then editing, editing as you go, stepping away from what you've written and then going back to it and fixing it. And I didn't even realize that that's what I've been doing for the last three years. Um, and I kind of try and walk away from the project when I've done but I do every time I'm writing I whatever I'm writing I then go back and reread and fix and it seems to be working so fingers crossed (laughs) yeah and that's that's kind of my whole point with that is if it's not slowing you down to the point where you're not reaching your goals so like writing as quickly as you want editing as quickly as you want I don't really see a problem with it because everyone's process is different and I think there's so much 
I don't know, stigma is the right word, but there's all of this like judgment in the author community about you have to write a certain way. No, you don't. You, mm-hmm. you have to write what works for you. You have to find your process and your individual unique process that works for you. Because if you don't, you're not going to stick with it. It's not going to feel authentic. And then you're just going to, it's going to feel like a drudgery instead of the creative expression, um, you know, joyful expression that it can be. So, yeah, I, 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 I know people like traditional, um, can just traditional thought says you can't edit while you write. Don't edit while Mm. you write. Don't look at it. Just write it down and get rid of some, that might work for some people. But for me, I have to, especially because I have such a short attention, not attention span, but like memory that, um, if I wrote something the day before, I've got to reread it. So I know where I'm at in the book, you know, in the story. So I go back and reread it. And because my editing brain can't help itself, it's like, oh, I'm missing a word here. Oh, this is spelled wrong. Oh, this might be a little, I sh- this is not what I meant to say. This might, you know, this is the word I actually meant. And I think that's helpful because if you edit like that close to it, because usually for me, it's about 24 hours. So if you go back and you do kind of just a quick, quick edit, not anything extensive through right. what you just wrote, you know, 24 hours ago, you're catching those things that you wouldn't catch a month from now because you're like so far removed from it that you don't remember what you were trying to say. But if it's only been 24 hours, you're like, Oh, this, yeah, (laughs) this, this actually just happened to me. Um, like last week or something, cause I'm in the middle of working on my third, uh, the third book in the series. And it was like, um, I wrote this scene and in my head, it was like, Oh, this is such a good scene. Like, Oh, this had like all of this like love in it. And like, you know, it was this whole, um, it was like a shower scene and all this stuff. But so I'm like writing all of this. I'm like, this is amazing. I love this. And I went back and read it. And I'm like, what? This is not <laughs> that good. <laughs> I'm just like, what, what was I thinking? So I was able to fill it out a little bit more to make it a little bit closer to what I wanted it to be. And, um, and it's funny because I actually use this as like, I use Stephen King as an excuse for this because he actually says to write a first clean draft. I, and I don't know where I heard that. Um, but to me doing that as I go along is like my clean first draft. So it's, it's pretty much, I can send it to somebody and they can follow the storyline. They, you know, they're not too distracted by grammar or punctuation or anything. Um, and so I, I use that as my like get out of jail free card. Like, see, he says I can do it. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> That's great advice. I think a lot of people would benefit hearing that. I think like there's this fear kind of if you're not used to selling yourself in a sense when you become an author and then, you know, you have the book, you're ready to put it out there. It, there's always this kind of like is it's kind of weird to promote yourself in a way. How do you kind of get over that? Well, it is a journey. <laughs> and I don't know that I would say that I'm over it. Um, mm. But it is, it's definitely a process. It's a learning process. Um, and I think, again, it comes down to mindset. And I think that's why, like, for me, it's easy to write. It's easy. I won't say it's easy to edit, but <laughs> it's formulaic. <laughs> I'll put it that way. Um, it's something that I know I can do if I just sit down and do it. Um, but the mindset of actually having to sell yourself in your in the book that you wrote, it's it's hard to even 
this might sound bad, but it's hard to even believe in it sometimes. Like you do on some level and you wouldn't have written it if you don't, but then also you're like, but will people actually want to read it? Like, is this actually right. worth someone wanting to read? Um, and so it can be very difficult, but I think a lot of the mindset part comes in where it's like, I have marketing skills, which to me, like I always told myself this story that I didn't have marketing skills. I didn't know how to market. I like, that's not my, I can't do sales. I can't market. And those are all very limiting beliefs that actually aren't true because marketing is storytelling. Mm -hmm. So as writers, we should be the best marketers because we tell stories for a living. That's what we do. So if we can reframe it in a way that's, hey, I actually just need to tell my story. I need to tell the story of my book. I need to, and, and there's a lot of different mediums to do that, obviously, but I just need to tell stories, which is what I do anyway, but do it in such a way that's relatable to people and that brings them in and gets them excited about the story that I was so excited about that I spent hours and months and years sometimes writing. Right. Um, so I think it's really just like a reframe of those beliefs that you think you can't do something, but you can, it's a skill like everything else. And there's ways to get better at it. And there's things out there that will help you learn how better to talk about yourself on social media or on your blog or on a YouTube channel or wherever you choose to be. But it really comes down to mindset and just believing that you can pick up that skill and you can get good at it. Um, but like I said, I, it's still something I struggle with and still something I'm learning. But I think that's part of the journey is just trying to figure out, um, you know, what works for you and what you actually can bring to the table. And I think a lot of writers are just naturally introverts and it's just hard to talk about yourself. You know, you're, you're immersed in your stories mm -hmm. and it's hard to talk about yourself. You know, it's like for you got to sure. find you got to find something relatable that people will, you know, want to read your books. That's true. But I, I feel like with social media that just caters to introverts. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know that it's, it, you can see a lot of like influencers and stuff and they're all just like, Oh, it's so exciting. You know, they're doing all this extroverted stuff and you're like, what are you doing? Like <laughs> I, I still, I still struggle with the concept of TikTok. I'm like, I'm not getting around and dancing on a video. No, are you crazy? TikTok. So, right. <laughs> Right. No. <laughs> so I'm just like, no, I'm not doing that. But it's about being true to yourself and still like pushing yourself a little bit to maybe right. get out of the box a little, but obviously not like jumping to doing, you know, crazy <laughs> videos of whatever. Right. It just, it's about <laughs> finding what, um, finding what works for you, but also, you know, just you have an audience too. And the audience, if they've been following you for any amount of time are going to know that that's not true to you. So if you try to do something inauthentic, they're going to be right. like, this is really ridiculous. So um, it's, it's just about figuring out, you know, how to market in a way that feels authentic. So I want to give you a little bit of time to discuss your books. What, what genre are they? Let's start with that. And then if you want to talk a little bit about what book one and book two are about. Sure. Yeah. So, um, it's always funny when someone asks me my genre. <laughs> I'm like, is it paranormal? Like, paranormal uh, romance? <laughs> well, no. Um, so it is, the way I describe it is archaeological, supernatural action adventure. Okay. Because I, yeah, it's so, and it's like the worst marketing advice ever to not know your genre. So I get that. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's, it's been a struggle, but I have had people describe them as romantic adventures. So 
to me, that kind of makes a little more sense because over the past few years, I've been reading a lot more romance to the point where like, that's now mostly what I read. Mm. And, um, and mostly because I've developed a lot of author friends and they write romance, but, um, and actually I wrote, then I started writing romance as well. And so I realized that throughout, even though that was primarily an action adventure book, it, you know, the first one's kind of like a, a treasure hunt and, um, and then of course the superpowers things that I mentioned, and then book two just kind of continues that journey along and there's, you know, just kind of gets deeper and the world expands and all of this. Um, but so it, it's kind of, it's just for me hard to categorize, which again is the worst, the worst marketing advice ever, <laughs> but <laughs> know your genres. Don't be like yes. me. But um, <laughs> so, but then I, this year I'm planning to release um, a, ro- a romance novel based like loosely in that codex world. So um, that's the, the codex series. I hadn't mentioned that. Um, <laughs> yeah. So the, the series I'm writing, I, I wrote a romance novel kind of in that world, um, kind of a prequel a little bit. So I plan on releasing, that's going to hopefully be my next release um, sometime in the spring or summer. So um, that was kind of fun to bring in those characters, but give them a different, kind of set them in a different kind of mindset. Um, But yeah, so it's, it's just been a lot. It's been a lot to, a lot of fun to write. I basically, I had the idea for like four different characters and each of them controlled the four elements. So water, fire, earth, and air, and, um, and kind of like bring their powers from that, um, and start at those basis, but basically create, you know, the greatest power the world has ever seen. And so, um, I, I read a lot of YA kind of going throughout, um, just even throughout my adult life, I've read a lot of YA. And so I kind of took some, some cues from that. And that was in heavily, that heavily influenced like my first book and even into the second. Um, but now that I'm more writing romance and that's kind of more my focus, I've started to bring out that part of the book while still trying to remain true to the, the feel of this overall series. So it's kind of been fun seeing that evolution happen, but still trying to like, trying to not alienate anyone who loved the first book. And then it's like, this is a completely different series by the time I get to the right. third one. So it's kind of been, I'm trying to bridge that gap and adding in more of things that are true to me now, but still, you know, maintain that storyline and hopefully not um, upset my readers too much (laughs) that started from the beginning. So, um, and also because the romance novel that I wrote is very steamy and there's language, you know, it's definitely 18 plus. um, Whereas the first book is completely... Um, closed door, that kind of thing. Like there's no sex, there's no language, anything like that. Um, So kind of bridging that gap between the two has been kind of a challenge and and, uh, also a mental thing too, because I I don't want to alienate readers by having a sex scene or something like that. So um, it's kind of been a marketing thing that I've been trying to conceptualize and, and work with. Well, it sounds like you're making it work. So keep, keep going. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I'm trying. (laughs) Well, Melissa, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Such great advice. And be sure to check out her platform, Indie Author Learning. Visit her pages. She's got some great YouTube videos. Great advice.
Thank you. Yeah, I'm on Instagram at Melissa Fry Author and then um, Indie Author Learning, like you said. And then my books are The Secret of the Codex and The Prophecy of the Codex. Um, and then I should have some more coming out this year. Awesome. Best of luck. Thank you. If you made it this far, you survived another episode of Married to My Writing. Stay tuned for our next interview with author Maria Ann Green. Until next time. Oh, <gasps>